Welcome to the Truman Charities Podcast, a community of caring. I am Jamie Truman, your host. I'm one of the co-founders of Truman Charities. Our organization has raised over $1 million for several different charities as we share our message of helping others and paying it forward. We plan to continue to educate our audience on the culture of giving. On this podcast, I will interview fellow charity founders, volunteers, sponsors, and other people in the community who will share their stories. You will hear and be inspired by their selflessness and passion for helping others. Welcome to another episode of A Community of Caring. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast for your chance to win a $50 Amazon gift card and my favorite gratitude journal. Please screenshot your review before you hit submit and send it to me via Facebook at Truman Charities or Instagram at Jamie underscore Truman Charities. Now, I am very excited to introduce my guest today, Chief Executive Officer of Interfaith Works, Courtney Hall. Courtney, how are you? I'm great, Jamie. Good morning. How are you? Great. I'm so happy that you had a chance to talk with us today and tell all of our listeners about all the amazing things your organization is doing within the community. Now, first, there's going to be a lot of listeners that don't know Interfaith Works. Can you tell us what your mission is? Sure. So at Interfaith Works, uh, with community support, we provide a tailored response to meet the complex needs of our neighbors who are experiencing poverty. We do this so that they can achieve their own stability and success. Additionally, we strive to ensure that our organization reflects the diversity and life experiences of the people we serve. Oh, wow. Now, what drew you to want to become Chief Executive Officer of Interfaith Works? Sure. So I was attracted to the mission of Interfaith Works to specifically address the root causes of poverty by providing opportunity. As we'll have some time to talk through today, IW, which is uh, our short name for Interfaith Works, is such an, a comprehensive organization. We provide shelter, food, clothing, connection to essential resources, and a pathway to employment. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit about that as well, because you guys kind of go from start to finish with everyone. Your organization has so many amazing programs, which really not only help people with housing, but as you mentioned, get people back on their feet, you know, with your vocational services and so much more. I would like to go through the entire process for our listeners. So can we start out with your housing programs? Absolutely. So when we think of housing, we should first think about those who are experiencing housing instability and perhaps even those who may be experiencing homelessness. So in Montgomery County, we operate three shelters for people who are experiencing homelessness, including the two, the only two year-round shelters for women in the county. Collectively, we provide over 50,000 bed nights each year to the most vulnerable neighbors in Montgomery County. We address the immediate need through our shelter programs, and then we help people to access more permanent housing solutions. We also provide a variety of short-term and longer-term housing solutions to more than 150 single adults and families, many of whom were formerly homeless. So you can sort of see the continuum there where we help to move people out of shelter into more permanent and stable housing arrangements. Wow, that's outstanding. Now, did you see an increase in need during COVID? We did. So as I mentioned, the food uh, distribution program is something we started in response to COVID. So we saw that there was a need. Right. Uh, I suppose suppose at some point we will talk about our clothing center, but that 
the food distribution program is at the same site as the clothing center. So we were seeing a significant amount of traffic, people coming in indicating that they needed assistance with food. Luckily, we were able to partner with the county around that specific program and receive support to be able to do this great work. Now, can you explain a little bit more? You did mention your clothing center. Can you tell us about that? Absolutely. So at our clothing center, we provide gently used clothing and household goods to over 12,000 people. Each year, the community donates over 400,000 pounds of gently used clothing and household goods, which we then convert into a store where our customers can then shop for gently used clothing and household goods. And we really focus on the dignity piece of that. We don't want people walking away with plastic bags or unwieldy boxes, et cetera. And the thing that we are most most uh, sort of proud of is that people who shop, quote unquote, with us are doing it for free. So we provide this as a service to the community. In fiscal year 20, we distributed $3.6 million worth of donated goods through this program. I love how you make everyone feel special. So I think that is so great. Can you explain, I know you have another program that I think the listeners would love to hear about, and that's your vocational program. What types of programs and courses do you offer? Sure. I could probably talk about this program for another hour. Through this program, a vocational services program, we provide individualized support for low-income or homeless Montgomery County residents, strengthening their financial stability through job readiness, job placement, and post-placement support. Last year, we placed almost 150 people in employment. Collectively, we estimate that they earned over $3 million of income. While job placement during the pandemic has been even more challenging, we have still managed to place 60 people during the first three quarters of this year. And on average, they earned a wage of $15.64 an hour. So that's higher than the minimum wage. The need continues to be great, but with expanded community support, especially as people return uh, to work and are looking to return to work as they exit the pandemic, we believe that we must and we can do more. Oh my gosh, I'm taken back by this program. It is amazing. Can you tell us what the program looks like through the eyes of a participant? Like, how do you get started? How does it work? Sure. Uh, So I do like to talk quite a bit about the experience uh, from the client's perspective, because I've given you the numbers and those really do resonate. But I think really the differentiator here is how we care for people and how we regard them with dignity. And you'll probably hear me come back to that word a couple of times because I really do think it's at the core of the services, all of the services we provide for Interfaith Works. And I'll just tell you a quick story. Uh, There's one client who tried for months to secure a job interview. We helped her to uh, sort of work through some personal issues. We helped her to prepare her resume, helped her and kind of coached her around how to do, uh, how to, participate in a job interview. She finally secured a job interview. She arrived on time, but at the wrong address. And at that point, she had spent really all of the money that she had to spend on transportation through with an Uber driver to get to that appointment. And she didn't have enough to afford a second trip. So of course, she called her vocational counselor in a panic 
not knowing who else to, to, to uh, she could turn to. Her counselor not only called the, uh, the employer to reschedule her appointment, but then went to pick her up and took her to the right address. And really, again, this theme of dignity and, and extreme care that we provide across our programs, it's this level of care and attention that makes our programs different and is how we successfully help the most vulnerable people get back to work. I think that story right there basically will let the listeners know why I am so, I admire your organization so much. You guys really go above and beyond for every single person. And I want, I can't let you leave without telling us a little bit about a couple more of your programs. You guys have so many great, great things that you offer. Can you tell us about your connections program? So, um, Our connections program, we've been doing some level of emergency assistance in the community for 26 years, really dating back to 1995, when we established the 40-member Emergency Assistance Coalition, which was designed to efficiently deliver emergency assistance to our neighbors. Today, we continue supporting this program and also have the program that you mentioned called Connections, which expands the impact that we have in Montgomery County. So I like to say that Connections is like a 311 for emergency services, which often, especially because of the pandemic, has included utility shutoff prevention and rental assistance. During the pandemic, the Connections program has seen the need for emergency assistance grow significantly. For example, during the first three quarters of this fiscal year, we served over 470 families. And just to give you an idea of the scale and scope, that's compared to the 479 families that we served for the entire year last year. Oh, wow. The amount of assistance, of rental assistance that we've provided has increased 162% this fiscal year. And we've already distributed well over $93,000. Similarly, for utility assistance, the need has increased by 59% as compared to last fiscal year. And in that area of assistance, we've already distributed well over $106,000 so far this fiscal year. So the need is growing. And again, what I am most proud of for us here at Interfaith Works is that we do whatever we can to rise to meet the challenge. I do love that so much. And can you talk a little bit about your financial coaching program? Sure. So our financial coaching Uh, is something that we really do across our programs. So across all of our programs, we really have the chance to help our clients around budgeting, finding new sources of income, as you might imagine we do when we're helping people to get back to work, but also people who are in our shelters and are really just trying to figure out how to get some of the basic functions of their life back. We are also helping them to sort of explore different and more creative ways, perhaps, of being able to stretch their dollars. One of the ways that I really like to think about some of the programs where we provide um, no-cost goods and services, so like, for example, our food distribution program and our clothing center, we often hear from our clients that because they didn't have to spend their hard-earned money, in many cases, uh, on food and clothing for their family, they then get to reprioritize that money to pay for other things, for example, school uniforms or um, being able to make sure that their rent is paid or perhaps being able to 
buy their child something small for their birthday, things of that nature. So financial assistance is certainly about budgeting and coaching uh, around that. But often I have found that people who we serve are already very, very creative and they have found very excellent ways of making their dollars stretch. So we then come alongside and help to provide some assistance with these low cost or no cost rather uh, programs where they can then um, use their dollars to stretch in other ways. Oh my gosh, I can't speak any more highly about your programs. They are fantastic. Now, is there one program that stands out to you that you find to be essential or do you think it depends on the person? It really does depend on the person. As I've described above, we serve a variety of needs that are targeted at meeting the complex needs of our neighbors who are experiencing poverty. And I really, I treasure all of our programs. And I think in many ways, I, I say that because each one really does meet a different need, depending on how the client is showing up for help. Now, if someone's in need, what is the process? If someone needs assistance, they can visit our website. Uh, it's iWorks. MC, so MC from Montgomery County.org, or they can call our connections program at 240-641-6307 if they need assistance. Now that everyone that's listening is in love with your organization like I am, and they want to know how do you fundraise? Well, uh, like many nonprofits, uh, all nonprofits, I'd say, we really rely on the support from the community to do the work that we do. We host several fundraising campaigns every year. For example, in April, we hosted our uh, annual caring breakfast. It was virtual, so like many, we had to adjust to that world, but it was also very successful, and I was blown away by the amount of attendance, interest, and community support. For example, we had many, many people, more than uh, two-thirds people who hung around after the program was over, and they were just chatting and enjoying each other, enjoying the networking, which was wonderful for me and really helped me to think through what we sort of bring to the table and how we contribute to the community and how people really appreciate how we show up to do this work every day. Now, outside of that, your annual event, how can someone donate? Well, uh, in a variety of ways. Again, I would point you back to our website, and I'll also tell you about a fundraising event that we have coming up. Uh, so folks can visit iWorksMC, as in Montgomery County, .org. So iWorksMC.org. And there's a big donate button as soon as you log on, and you can donate, and we would love and certainly appreciate that support. We also have an upcoming school supply fundraising event. So each year we supply, supply hundreds of backpacks filled with school supplies to Montgomery County students. Last year, we were able to distribute 1,500 backpacks. This year, because uh, we know that many children, our students are, will be returning to school in person, our goal this year is to supply 3,000 backpacks because we know there's going to be an increased need. So through a partnership that we enjoy with the Park Potomac community, we help students to become ready for school on their first day of school. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so can you tell me a little bit about the Park Potomac Ice Cream Social? 
that you're going to have in August? Sure. August 21st. So put that date on your calendar. Uh, we'd love to invite you and, and others to come and celebrate with us. But this is a partnership that I believe started 13 years ago, so certainly predated me. Uh, and there was a, a couple, Bruce and Margaret Fonaroff, who are really, really involved with and passionate about making sure that students are ready on day one. So they became interested in how we were supporting students in the community and wanted to find ways to partner, which of course we appreciate. And so they started with what uh, at that point was a smaller event, which they hold in the square Park Potomac to just sort of generate interest within the community. Last year, I understand that because of the pandemic, they obviously couldn't hold the, the larger event with a couple hundred people that they usually hold. So they decided to be creative because they still wanted to um, sort of engage the community around this need. They held a parade and a socially distanced parade is what I heard, which I thought was just fantastic, wonderful, innovative, and actually a little bit funny because we were all at that point trying to adjust to what we now understand was a very significant and sometimes devastating pandemic. This year, we are going to have a parade again, and we will also have the sort of broader community event because we know that people are itching to get back together, eat some ice cream, and also do some good by donating some backpacks. And if people are looking for myself, that uh, definitely plan on coming to this Park Potomac Ice Cream Social. Do you just show up? Do you have to get tickets? How does it work? You can just show up on that date. My recollection is that it starts at 10, but also we would encourage people to do two things to get in touch with us. One, visit our website, iWorksMC.org, or if you'd like, they can send an email to info at iWorksMC.org. We will make sure they're added to our mailing list. And as those details are confirmed, we'll certainly uh, share information. Oh, that's perfect. Now, if someone's looking to volunteer, can they? Are you looking for volunteers? And if so, in what capacity? Absolutely. So <laughs> we at Interfaith Works have 130 employees, which I think is wonderful. And we really treasure the way that we leverage that we collectively leverage our skills and abilities on behalf of the community. But there's a mismatch there because 130 employees, but we impact well over 17,000 people every year. And I believe this year, because of the pandemic, the increased need and some of the new programs we've started, I believe we're going to be inching towards 20, 25,000 people we would have impacted by the time this year is over. And the only way that we're able to continue that impact is through the support of our volunteers. Every year, we enjoy the support of about 12,000 volunteers. So here are a couple of ways that people can uh, plug in. They can sort or organize clothing at our clothing center. They can distribute pro produce to their neighbors or volunteer at our community garden through our food hub. And the clothing center and the food hub are both at the same site. You can prepare a meal or host a toiletry drive for any of our shelter residents, shelters in both Silver Spring and Rockville, get more information on our website, or you can assist with job preparation and interview skills through our vocational services program. So a variety of ways that people can give back. 
Oh, wow. So if I'm interested in being a volunteer, I'm assuming because you guys have such a, you know, user-friendly website, would you just be able to go on there? And is there a section for you to, um, you know, place an email or something about wanting to volunteer? That's absolutely correct. So on our website, there is a section that talks about our needs, our ongoing needs, there's also a page donated, dedicated to, rather, dedicated to our volunteers. Also, if folks would rather not have to navigate the website, they can simply send us an email, info at iWorksMC.org, and we'll be happy to share um, information with them about how they can specifically uh, give back to the community. Now, next year, you will be celebrating your organization being 50 years old, yeah. which is astonishing, amazing. I love it. Can you tell me, are you guys doing anything special? We plan to have several events next year, uh, and we'll begin to announce some of those in the, ne- in the coming months. More than anything, I'm hoping that the theme for next year uh, will be our impact on the community and the way that the community has supported us since 1972. It, this is such an exciting time for me personally to be a part of Interfaith Works, and to uh, have the privilege, really, of guiding us through uh, this process uh, through this time. And I hope, perhaps, that Interfaith Works will be around for another 50 years, although we hope that the work we do will be a little bit different because we hope that we would have um, had a significant impact on those who are experiencing poverty by that time. Now, there's one more question that I have to ask you. Since being involved in Interfaith Works, what have you learned that has surprised you? Hands down, the significant support that we've enjoyed uh, from the community. Um, So that is related to our donors. That's related to our volunteers. I've also been very pleased at how interested our elected officials have been at the local, city local, county local, state and federal level that they've been in our work. It's been a fantastic experience so far uh, to be able to even explain to people who have not been familiar with the works that with the work that we do at Interfaith Works and being able to share a bit about how we're impacting the community. But I think what surprised me the most is just how much of a pillar we are in the community. I love that. Now, before I let you go, I have to ask you what your social media handles are so our listeners can follow all the amazing work that you guys are doing in the community. Yes. On Facebook and on Twitter, we are at Interfaith Works, so that's easy enough. Instagram, at Interfaith Works MoCo, M-O-C-O. And on YouTube, at Interfaith Works M-C. Perfect. Thank you so much, Courtney, for taking the time to speak with us. I know that you are so busy with all the great work that your organization is doing. And I want to thank the listeners for tuning in to another episode of A Community of Caring. Until next time. If you would like to learn more about our organization, please follow us on Facebook at Truman Charities or Instagram at Jamie underscore Truman Charities or check out our website, trumancharities.com. I hope you enjoyed listening and hearing stories of selflessness and caring. Thank you so much. And I will see you next time.